Good morning. I know it's morning for those of us in the United States and Canada and this neck of the woods. <laughs> and so grateful to be able to join together here for our Ascension Pathway Gathering. <sighs> so grateful to be opening our hearts and our minds to this activation for truly we are calling forth a profound activation. Yes, indeed. Hmm. Taking this breath of gratitude, let us tune into our heart. Opening our heart, opening our mind, so grateful that we're choosing to remember ourselves, to be of service, to walk in this world being truly helpful. Taking these deep breaths of love and gratitude, anchoring ourselves in an awareness of the wholeness and the perfection of all life. We're grateful. We are grateful that God is. We are grateful that God is a now system and that we live eternally in the now moment. So grateful to consciously choose this activation this remembrance. In this very moment, we are surrendering thoughts of the past. We're surrendering the interpretations and the meanings that we've made of things. Surrendering the attachments, the cravings, the aversions, the addictive compulsive tendencies and temptations. We're surrendering any need or desire or thought to go it alone, to work things out for ourselves, to keep something hidden, separate. All of the belief and patterns of separation, we're surrendering them right now, placing them on the altar. We're surrendering the worry, the doubt, all anxiety and fear. Letting it go right now. Offering it up. Holding nothing back. This is our greatest gift that we can share with everyone, with the presence. This is the sign of our true adoration and love of God is our willingness to surrender it all, to hold nothing back. Any place in our life where we've been trying to manage or control anything in this world, we are surrendering it here and now. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit Self, the mighty I Am Presence, the knower who knows, the silent watcher. We are grateful and thankful to place the I Am Presence, 
the Christ light of our being in charge of this class, in charge of our life, in charge of our healing. We are opening ourselves to this healing right now. The time is now. We're opening ourselves to the river of love, the river of peace, the river of joy, the river of freedom, the river of clarity, the river of wisdom, of abundance and prosperity, of wholeness and harmony, true freedom that lies within our heart. It lives within our heart. We are willing to live wholly and completely in this river of perfection, this river of light, this river of love. Recognizing that we are a child of the light. We serve the light. We live in the light. We love the light. And we are truly protected, supplied and sustained by the light. We're grateful for the light. Feeling ourselves filled with the light We allow all the benefits of our healing and expansion, our clarity, our freedom to benefit all beings. We joyfully allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Wonderful. How wonderful it is. Yes, indeed. Hmm. Let's see here. All right. So Let's look at being truly helpful because in our path of awakening, one of the awarenesses we all come to is that the greatest joy comes from dedicating ourselves to a life of service and being of service with our whole being our whole heart and mind and being of service to the light. So you'll remember in the discussion of zero limits, as Dr. Hugh Lynn says, when we are at that zero point awareness where we have no needs or wants, we are free of the belief in separation We don't need any intention because in that space, 
we're tuned into the presence and we become a vehicle for whatever serves God where we are in that moment. And as I perceive it, this willingness and desire to be totally, wholly, completely of service with every breath and part of our being, it is completely aligned with our heart's desire. So if our heart's desire is to be of service by making beautiful fabric, that would be the way in which we would serve and some ways of, in some parts of our life. So obviously our life is not just making things, producing things. Our life is every conversation we have, every thought that we have, every breath that we take, the way that we walk, everything that we're doing. So this journey of awakening requires us to be mindful. So... First, we have to be willing to be mindful. We have to be willing to align with divine will and to disengage from the ego and the perception of a separate will. And then the next stage is for us to move into that awareness of the law of cause and effect so that we can take responsibility for everything that has ever happened or is currently unfolding in our life. So first we align with divine will and then we truly learn the law of cause and effect and we stop blaming others. We stop holding things against people. We stop thinking that there's something outside of us and we stop thinking that we can have private thoughts and we learn to welcome taking ownership of everything. We, Our mind clarifies to the point where we can see the value in total responsibility. No blame, zero blame, total responsibility. We see the law of cause and effect operating in our life. And instead of feeling burdened by it, the, the true disciple, the true disciplined student rejoices. Because now we can move out of the burden. We can move out of the thoughts of separation. We recognize, as Jesus talks about in that second chapter of the text in fear and conflict and cause and effect that this is our path of liberation the recognition of the law of cause and effect there's no other way so first we have to align with divine will and then that opens our mind to the willingness to understand the law of cause and effect which is the pure wisdom because we're awakening to the awareness of the omnipresence of God. The omnipotence. That the law of cause and effect is always operating. And 
that awareness, it, it, there's a synergy, it's the best way I can describe it, that happens so that we become so aware of the oneness of all life. And we give thanks for it. Because the more we purify our mind of the thoughts of separation, the thoughts of blame, the irresponsibility, the more we are so clear, we can see more clearly, know more clearly, feel more clearly, hear more clearly. We become more in tune with divine will and recognize that it's always operating for our good. How could it be any other way? And then we move into this. Uh, so we've got the blue ray, the yellow ray, and then the, the pink ray. We align with divine love and compassion. We have compassion for ourselves. And compassion for everybody else. <clears throat> and as it talks about in the seven sacred flames, in the section on initiations, moving through the initiations, it talks about in, in there, we're going to open our hearts to this deep compassion and that in that period we will find ourselves living with people having a lot of engagement with people who their personalities are very agitated, agitating. They're intentionally agitating. And so that's how we learn to be truly peaceful and harmonious. To have true compassion when we can be with people who are intentionally working to aggravate us and people who are unintentionally, their mind is so confused that they agitate people wherever they go. And we will be spending a lot of time with those people. And it's to help us to really recognize I can take mastery over my domain, I can have spiritual sovereignty, I can hold my seat no matter what. And our experiences are unique to us, they're perfectly designed for us, of course, to deeply push our buttons. And of course, Part of our healing in these phases is that anything that we have as an attachment, that we haven't surrendered the attachment, that we haven't consciously looked at it and said, I've got an attachment, I'm feeding the attachment, it's time for me to relinquish the attachment of our own free will, then it will seem like things are taken away from us, that they're ripped from us. So that we can be free of the attachment. 
And I've I've seen this in all kinds of ways with all kinds of people. I certainly have seen it in my own life. That's how I really learned. I do not know what anything is for except it's for my good. It cannot be any other way. I refuse to entertain any other idea. And so we're all working through these initiations. And it says, as as Christian Larson says in the Pathway of Roses, in paragraph, I mean in section seven, he says, "This is our purpose: to live the purest, the largest, the fairest, the most useful, the most beautiful." and the most spiritual life possible just for today. Just for today. So this is why I put so much emphasis on sharing the benefits with everyone and living a life where we're not trying to get things from people, we're no longer manipulating people, We're not trying to get things from God. So this is one of the parts of the initiation, if you will, preparation for our ascension is, is there any part of our practice that we're doing to get something from God? And to really, 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 really be willing to look at, is that what I'm doing? Am I doing any part of what I'm, my spiritual practices and pursuits to try to get something from God or to get that seal of approval and we don't even know it from the ego. I'm good because I did this today. I did my practice today. Therefore, I'm good. Because I used to operate from that. I didn't know that the ego was driving my spiritual practice. So this is why we're we're looking at being completely of service, truly of service. Because in being truly of service, truly helpful, without needing to get recognition, without needing even to, for somebody to like us or notice what we've done, giving up all those attachments, being able to be of service in our family without needing anyone's appreciation, nothing in return. This is how we really relinquish the attachments without doing it for validation. I'm a good person because these things I do. So I'm inviting you to look at really deeply, Is there are there any hidden patterns here of giving to God in order to get something? 
doing our practice in order to get something. Do we need to tell other people what we're doing to get their admiration, recognition, validation, to feel superior in any way, shape, or form? Is there any of that left in our field? So I'm going to open us up here and unmute everyone. And I'm going to invite, just before I do it, as we're I'm asking everyone to use their self-mute buttons on their phone or their Skype. And um, I'm asking you to share any ways that you can see that you're doing things to get something. Uh, any kind of validation or feeling better about yourself, anything like that. It's not a bad thing. It's something we can eliminate. And if we can help each other identify those places, that will be so supportive for us all. So this is where being transparent um, is so helpful to us. So uh, Because when we're transparent about these things, uh, then we're releasing any sense that we need to hide it. So, And this is how we build the group momentum, the heat in the group, the fire in the group, is through this, because we're all resting on each other's practices. We are. And so the momentum of the group is built by each one of us and our participations. So the more that we can share our lack of clarity, our increasing clarity, it helps the entire group to expand in our awareness. All right, so I'm going to unmute everyone here. Here we go. So anybody have anything come up that they'd like to share? Karen, did you want to share? Well, this is Kazi. Okay. And Karen, I'm just going to mute you because there's noise on your line. All right. Hey, Kazi. Hey. Um, so this is a great question. Um, and as you, many of you know that I go and care for my dad. And it really has been a practice over the years to really let go of not wanting any recognition from him or anyone. And um, it's always interesting to watch the subtle ways where it creeps up when I think I have, you know, oh, I've gotten rid of that. Oops. So the last time... Actually, it wasn't the last last time I was actually, it was pretty clean. But the time before that, um, when I was leaving, one of his caregivers showed up. And he really recognized her. And um, that's kind of how he is when they come. He has a very sense of dignity and is very friendly and will engage. And I could feel in myself that, oh, he likes her better than me. So there was, so what I realized is I still had this long, or, you know, wanting to be recognized by him. I was like, oh, (laughs) 
that's not why I'm here. <laughs> so it's just, it can be the smallest thing even when I think it's gone and it's still, I can still see there's still the wanting to be recognized by him as his daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. So there it is. So what I'm hearing is wanting to be special? Yeah, that in that case, yep, it was. Wanting to be special. Mm. So in that, and uh, Anna Marie, we're all unmuted here, so. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you. And and Jesse, I muted you out too because uh, there was noise on your line. So we'd all like to be loved unconditionally by our parents, pretty much. And I myself would like to be unconditionally loved by everyone. And I'd like to return that as well. That's a goal I have, is, of course, I have no control over other people, but I do have control over my acceptance of unconditional love. And very often, as you might have heard me share in the year one class this week, I realized in my work with my brother that I couldn't feel his love for me because I did not feel worthy of it. And I it, I was so grateful to realize, oh, it's not that he doesn't love me. It's I don't feel worthy of it. That's why I can't feel it or recognize it. And so there is that inner shifting going on. So the attachment to being his favorite, totally understandable. Uh, that's a common thing um, and um, it's a common thing in families that um, children would like to be the favorite, the spouse would like to be the favorite, sometimes they're not and it's really upsetting and disappointing and it pushes our buttons and Is there any place in there, Kazi, where you can feel where maybe you don't feel worthy of his total unconditional love and acceptance? Yeah, when you say that, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And actually, I mean, it's... Fortunately, it has changed a lot over in this process, but I I feel yes. more and more loved from, right? But there it was again, and it surprised me because I thought, like I said, I thought I had gotten past it. So there still is that part that is um, feeling unworthy of his love, yep. And and I also realize I need to let go of the form. And I, I mean, I'm grateful that he still recognizes me because it's totally possible that he might not any day, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't hold that, but I mean... You know, yeah, yes, but so yeah, I it there is that, um, let's see about, um, 
Well, and it's also, it was so long um, a false belief I held that my dad didn't, you know, that I wasn't important to my dad that for so long. And I thought I really had, you know, released that. And a big portion of it I had, but then there it was again. Because it really, when I really think about that circumstance, when it rose, rose up again, it's like, oh, yeah, there's some residual of that still hanging around. Mm. That's not completely, you know, like, oh, <laughs> it's always, you know, still pulling up those weeds that I don't want to grow in the garden anymore. Yes. That's right. And it's actually a practice that I do when I go with my dad because to see my dad because when I first went I was I was very clear I wanted recognition. And so yeah. I, and so it, it's I'm I always take I'm always having that in the forefront of my mind because that's really not where it's so much more peaceful and and um freeing when I go and have no expectations and just there in the love however it unfolds. Yes. And what's the difference, feeling the energetics of it, what is the difference between recognition and connection? Yeah, so there there definitely, I can feel in that the separation when wanting recognition. And when I have connection, it's just being in the flow. And I'm not separate from my, I, I can, I don't know if I explained that well, but I, when you ask mm-hmm, that, I can really mm-hmm. feel there's no separation mm-hmm. and it just flows. And, it, and they're really, I have a sense of the oneness with mm-hmm. my dad and, yeah. and anyone else who's there. Yeah. Yes. And with the recognition, there's definitely everybody's separate. Mm-hmm. And it feels very con- limited, confined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you told your father all the things that you appreciate about what you've learned from him and received from him? I really started doing that since... Um, Venerable's class, I was asking that, and she, had, mm. you know, and so I, because I, I went to see him this week, and it was just such a, a miracle. I mean, it was just so beautiful to be with him. He's, he's much more internal, but I just shared with him, you know, how much I appreciate, you know, like you're saying that he's really taught me about nature and the different things, and I just trust that he, you know, like he doesn't really um, co- hold much conversation anymore. He's just quiet, but to just trust that that's going in and he he receives it and he knows mm. it. Yeah. And I will continue to do that. So I was really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So that he knows, you know, that he really has impacted my life and that I love him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that being really grateful for our parents is so healing to them. Because um, many of you are parents, many parents, almost every parent I ever talked to has regret. That of all kinds regarding their children. So the 
the healing of that, in my experience, is when we are grateful for things just as they are. And our parents can really feel we mean it. We are grateful. They have given us gifts. And all the gifts that they've given us are far, in a way, the the takeaway of our relationship versus the pain, the suffering, the resentment, the regret, the missed opportunities. Because like all people, parents, uh, uh, there are so many times when they choose love and children don't even recognize it. And there are also many times when parents are unloving and judgmental and their parents or their children are hurt they're wounded, you know, and the thought is that the parents have done something wrong, but it may well be that it's uh, part of the perfect unfoldment of their life. I just look at my brother's raising of his four children. Each of those children is so completely different from the others. They have a lot in common, but they are unique individuals, all raised by the same two people. But those two people, just like my parents, my brother had different parents than me, even though we had the same parents. Because my brother was born three and a half years after me. So my parents had three and a half years of working out their ego before he came along. So he had much more loving, kind, compassionate, less frightened parents than me. totally different experience of his parents. <clears throat> Talking about that recognition versus connection. Uh, I'll tell you, to me, it's a funny story now, but it wasn't funny at the time. <coughs> about maybe 27 years ago, it was Christmas time, and we were, my parents, my brother, his wife, I think they had only been married a few months. No, maybe they have been married a year or so. Um, uh, and my grandmother, my mother's mother, we were all in the house in Maine for Christmas. And I don't know, maybe it was Christmas Eve, something like that. And um, my parents said, we have a special announcement we'd like to make. And um, we'd like everybody to gather around after dinner or something like that. They've made a big production of it. And my brother and his wife were, and I were like, oh, what's this? Because I knew that they were pregnant and they were going to tell my parents that they were going to be grandparents and my grandmother that she was going to be a great-grandmother. So they had planned to, to make that announcement. Now, oh, my parents are superseding the announcement. So we all gathered around and my parents said, we've decided to adopt. And in our lives, we have this love we'd like to share, and we've decided to adopt and bring another into our family. And this energy went through me like a lightning bolt. I was absolutely filled with instantaneous rage. And the immediate thought in my mind was, 
I don't have your full love, and now you're bringing someone else in to share it with? I just, I, I literally, I, it was such a visceral reaction of absolute rage. And my brother and my sister-in-law, I could see their breathing changed. We were all like, what the? And then they, they, they were giggling and delightful, and we, they said, we have a picture of them. And it was a dog. But I'm so grateful that they did it the way they did it because it really taught me, oh, okay, I have some real work here with my parents and allowing the love into my my life here and shifting this because, wow, I was so, so upset by that. And... One of the things I have learned over the years is that not to trade the recognition for the connection. So your share is so perfect and helpful to us, Kazi. And I wonder if anybody else can relate to this. And um, Karen and Jesse and Anna Marie are all muted out because of the background noise. So if you... um, you can press star seven to unmute yourself if anybody would like to share. Anybody can relate to this. I can, Jennifer. This is Claire. Hi, Claire. I have kind of the opposite problem of Kazi. I um, take care of my mother and my brother and his wife and I as I'm listening to this I'm thinking no I don't you know I don't really expect anything as a matter of fact I I really bristle when anyone tries to thank me or if I get any recognition, I I really have trouble accepting it. No, no, I put up a wall. So that's where I'm at. Oh, that is a great share. And I also have a lot of familiarity with that, uh, that feeling. Anybody else relate to that and want to share um, their experience with that? Well, this is Kazi, not in the situation I was speaking about, I didn't, but I certainly do. I, um, when I was working, I would always deflect any, I couldn't, I wasn't open to receiving. So anytime I would get like any kind of recognition, I would deflect it. I would immediately change it to some other, you know, topic or, so I can certainly, I can certainly relate. And it would mean some, I think. When she, when Claire was talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, because then I didn't know what what it is for her, but I could realize for me, oftentimes when I'm deflecting it, then it feels like I have, um, I have to live up to that, or there's some expectation from that is what the be- false belief. 
Yes. Anybody else relate to this? Let's see if we can discover more about this. I have something to say. <laughs> um, I can't remember a specific, but what comes to my mind is that um, if some, sometimes when people are grateful to me, I I def, do reflect it because I am appreciative of that, and I think it's bad or wrong to feel that way. And so I'm like, oh, that's, you know, so I deflect it in, in that sense. I mean, I can't think of anything specific right now. Thank you, Carla. So, so oh, somebody else was going to share? Hi, this is Lars. I can Hi, definitely Lars. relate to that for at the beginning of my work at school I always felt uncomfortable when some pupil told me something very friendly because I always thought there would be a motive behind it they wanted to get a good grade from me and they want to uh, be friendly in order to get it and but in fact sometimes it was not meant that way they just wanted to be friendly and they was just wanted to say thank you that I have taken care of him that I have listened to what they have shared with me and something like that but I always thought okay there must be a motive behind it and it's until now that I've discovered that it was my not that I was not open to receive the good which was in these remarks from them I, I can relate to that as well I think we're finding a, an important pattern here that we can collectively work on and heal anybody else have anything to add to this Anybody feel like they bristle or uh, feel uncomfortable when people recognize them, appreciate them, want to give them things? Anybody feel like they turn away from it? Yeah, hi Jennifer, it's Karen. Hi Karen. Hi. Uh yeah, I I recognize that um through the work in masterful living that I feel um I'm just so much more receptive to you know, uh appreciation and that sort of thing, but I do recognize, you know, there can still be um you know, a pulling away from that connection and that's, you know, and I I've been just thinking about, you know, the times in the past where I would um not you know, I was very uncomfortable accepting appreciation or um, compliments or whatever. You know, and you know, just in light in this, uh, in the light of this conversation, yeah, I could 
could remember, you know, like the the connection, something within me felt the connection was too intense, you know, so there was that turning away. And then there was also the part about, you know, how I felt about myself and um, the uh, the appreciation, the, the um, you know, this really kind of positive flow of energy towards me uh, was not matching up with my self-image. And so, you know, the self-image at that time was so strong that I would just, you know, turn away and deny, you know, that this this positivity could actually be true, no less, you know, accepted. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and, you know, there's still shades of that that happen. Um, you know, this, I think for me, it's, yeah, it's that connection, you know, there's something that uh, might still pull away from the connection depending on the circumstances. Yes, very well said. Thank you, Karen. Anna Marie, did you want to share something? Well, I just wanted to share that sometimes I I may feel embarrassed uh, if uh, they get certain praise, but I find on very often I just accept it and say uh, thank you. I appreciate that you let me know, and I try to show them that I'm loving and uh, leave it at that. Now, I find this this is more people that I know out in the world, but then I find with my husband, he has become very, uh, very grateful towards me, and I have to say, I, it's very beautiful, beautiful, and I thank him, and I tell him I'm also grateful for him, for his his beingness and his whatever he is, what he whatever he embodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out, I had times, very tumultuous times with him, feeling always uh, not being, that he looks at me as not being good enough and who knows and so on. But uh, this has really transformed itself. And I am so appreciative Indeed. You might have heard me tell the story in the years we've been in class together. Uh, I remember it so well that a friend of mine uh, who's a singer had performed and uh the uh and it was wonderful and afterwards i was standing and talking with him and uh the audience was leaving and someone came over to him and said oh man you touched me so deeply that was awesome you're so talented and my friend said oh i wasn't very good tonight uh, just uh, i was 
this wasn't uh, really that great and I just um yeah I don't I don't feel good about it and the audience person said well I just wow they just touched me so deeply I was really moved and my friend said yeah well thanks and then the audience person, I just saw them like, huh, what kind of an experience is this that I'm having? And then they were like, okay, well, see ya. And they walked away. And I, I, what I witnessed was my friend completely just not really have an interaction with the other person. They were just having an interaction with their own ego. So their ego was criticizing their performance in some way. It was not good enough. It wasn't worthy of praise. And so they couldn't accept the praise because it didn't match with their ego perception of themselves. They just couldn't hear it. They couldn't see it. It's like when someone who doesn't feel beautiful and someone says to them, oh, you're beautiful, someone doesn't feel intelligent or smart, and someone says, oh, that's so clever, that's so smart. They, We reject it because it doesn't match our view of ourselves. But also in that moment, what's so clear was my friend really was not present to the person at all and actually was unintentionally, very unintentionally, completely dishonoring and disrespectful of them because they couldn't be present with them. And so if we look at our own rejecting of people's praise, appreciation, recognition, and gratitude, can we even, can we see ourselves having that experience where we're engaged with our ego and the other person, we are not present to them. Our heart is not open to them. That whatever they're sharing with us or trying to extend to us, the love, the appreciation, the recognition they're trying to extend to us, that we are actively unavailable for it, rejecting it, feel threatened by it. Now, I think in Lars's example, so what I heard you say, Lars, is that uh, it used to be in your teaching situation that when students would be friendly towards you and and um, engaging you, 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 the ego made the meaning of it that they wanted something from you. They were trying to manipulate you to get something from you. And uh, so you would be perhaps distant or cold with them and not really engage with them in that. Is that what you're saying, Lars? Absolutely. And I must really say that a lot of things have shifted now because now at the moment I can really appreciate more when somebody says something friendly to me because I really feel that it's when it's meant seriously. But before it was really not possible because I was so in my ego that I totally uh, couldn't uh, be open to it. This is the big shift I have experienced 
during the last years. Yes, and and so what I can observe is you're more loving with yourself, so you're more receptive to love and recognition and appreciation from other people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so now I would bet you, Lars, that you have experiences where your students, where you can tell, oh, this one is trying to get something from me. They are trying to manipulate me. Do you ever feel that? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it's really funny when somebody tries to make a joke of me and says, okay, you were a wonderful pullover or something like that. And I react by saying, thank you. I like that. He starts to smile and I really feel that it was meant to get into contact with me, to say something nice with me in his way. And it wasn't meant at all in a very offensive manner. It was just to get my attention to him or to her. This is really the wonderful way. And when I smile, she or he smiles back. This is the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to shut them down. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the thing is we when we're really in the ego, we bristle or we are um afraid of people trying to manipulate us unless we're in agreement. I'm going to manipulate you in these ways. You're going to manipulate me in these ways. We are codependent with each other. We have this agreement. And these are the acceptable ways that we have have unspoken agreement about how we're going to try to manipulate and control each other. And then when we're in a relationship where it's either with a different person that we don't have that agreement with and they're trying to manipulate and control us or in the familiar relationship there's a new kind of manipulation or control that comes up then we are rejecting that we're stepping back from that but when we're in our loving heart versus the ego when we're in our loving heart whatever people are doing to try to manipulate or control us or to get a reaction from us because we're in our loving heart we still can extend love and we can recognize oh this person is complimenting me in order to manipulate me and it's okay. We don't have to reject it or be bothered by it or irritated or frustrated by it. It's just, yes, that's that's the way that they know. So we can open our heart to them and we can, by doing so, help them come into their heart and have a more authentic connection with us. And this is one of the major healings that so many people have in Masterful Living with their families. Because the more they move into their heart, they don't have to reject anyone. They can just let people be. And that transforms them. Then then the invitation is for them to be more authentic. And I I really hear over the years, Lars, that's the experience you've been having with your everyone in your life. 
Absolutely. Today, I must really say, I was totally surprised. I talked with pupils about presents. And there was one 14-year-old pupil who told me, for her life is the most beautiful presence. Everything in her life is so nice that she feels it uh, in her heart. This was so serious. He meant it so seriously. He spoke with so much conviction that I was really astonished by the truth in it, that a 14-year-old could express it so clearly what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So, but it might have something to do because I'm more open to receive the good that others feel it and they are more open to express the good which is in them and this is a wonderful experience for me that the others change too in their way of perceiving things yes I would never have heard something like that 10 years before from my pupils. They would have thought, okay, this would be stupid or so and not cool enough and so. But it was meant so seriously. It was really amazing. Mm. Ah, how wonderful. Anybody else have something they'd like to share around this? I remember so well, really, <clears throat> what we've been talking about here, where feeling uncomfortable with people thanking me, and particularly in my family. And I, it, I began to recognize that my ego had this thought of, I, I'd like to do more for my loved ones than they do for me. I, I'd like to get out ahead of them in this contest of being loving and kind and appreciative and generous. I, I want to be way out ahead of everybody in my family. So I'm doing way more than they are. So when they would thank me for things or appreciate things, it was it created a conflict in me because if they recognized it, if they were appreciative of it, uh, then I somehow I thought, oh well, I'm I'm trying to secretly get ahead of everybody. If they recognize what I'm doing, then. I'm not gaining that momentum so that I, when I inevitably um, am mean or cruel to them or do something that is unforgivable, then I won't have all that in my bank account to say, well, what about this? I did this for you and this for you and this for you. I am a good person. You just don't recognize it. I had so much of that ego motivation operating under the surface. Once I realized all of that was happening, then I could transform it. But I was so identified with the ego, I I just thought it was I was being clever. I don't know if it's 
through, but this is what comes to me right now, is that the ego is not present to the what's happening right now. Right. I know with me, with NBC, it's of all, it's a lot of it's about focusing on what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I often try to find, um, what, you know, something I can share right now, an honest thing. And that is, that is what builds the connection. But, and I'm just going to speak this because this is just another release for me. But I think it was in the past, one of the other classes where you asked about if you had something you could request if somebody woke up and someone was there and they said, what would you want? And I said that I would want to be present all the time. And I'm just speaking it because I'm realizing now that I had an attachment to um, really being received. Um, And I realize now in this moment that that doesn't matter to me any anymore. I mean, actually tears are coming to my eyes, but because um, I just am so, so, it's so important to me to to really connect with myself and be present. So it doesn't matter what, how it lands with anybody else. Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing to me. One of the most, I mean, it's probably many, but right in this moment, that is it. So, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that, whatever. It's another ego thought, but thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Transformation. Refinement of our awareness. So in being truly helpful, true service is in being present, in holding our attention, And acceptance, acceptance of love and holding that attention on the kingdom within, the I am presence, the knower who knows. Keeping our attention there so that the outer mind, the personality, the ego, everything in our life is in service to that presence and adoration of the presence, trusting the presence, having faith in the presence. There is our joy, right there. That's 
the true limitless joy. So these blocks to love that we're talking about Recognize them is how we eliminate them. We can smile at them. We can laugh at them. We can notice them. So we activate this awareness, this presence, by choosing it so that we become keenly aware when we're motivated by something else the disturbance, we feel the bristling. I love that, you know. It's like when you see a dog's hair stand up. They're bristling. So placing our attention on that presence and recognizing, oh, I just became disconnected. Oh, there's an old pattern there. Becoming so aware of that. And being so gentle with ourselves and moving right into gratitude. Uh, here's another offering I can make. Because our personality is going to keep showing us, thank God, our personality is going to keep showing us where we're giving to get, where we're not receptive. It's going to keep showing us where we have uh, vanity, where we have hubris, all these kinds of surface things where we're trying to maintain appearances. where we're afraid to let people connect to us. So going back to what Kazi was talking about, I could see where that caregiver in the relationship with your father, Kazi, they have a different agenda than you in that interaction. And there's no sense of uh, anything maybe that they are needing to get from your father. Yeah, that's very true. It wouldn't be true of every caregiver. So when people come to us where they are, we can feel they're needing. Anybody ever, uh, do you have ever noticed you have an aversion to people who seem to be very needy? Anybody have that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, major. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, so Jesse, you haven't spoken today. 
what can you talk a little bit about the aversion to someone who's needy? Well, I find that hmm. Well, it's interesting because often it's like intuitive. It feels like an intuitive pullback because it feels like they're trying to get something. Mhm. And they're not being honest. You know, like there's like a dishonesty around it. And um, and what it really, usually how it manifests is kind of a repulsion, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and an annoyance. And when I sit with it, usually, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to get to see what's, unf- what's really going on, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, they're, they're needing something. Uh, you know, I've shared, I just went through a really intense experience with someone with a diagnosis of, uh, bipolar, uh, of personality disorder, a borderline personality disorder, which, uh, you know, which she chose to really take on and believe. And, uh, I saw a lot of, so the experience of that was waves and waves and waves of intense, intense emotional upset and upheaval uh, so that uh, to get my attention and to get me to uh, touch her, you know, like there there was a real need for physical contact, I feel. She felt a real need for physical contact and I don't feel like she was getting that. And so there would be experiences that I observe her having real emotional meltdowns that would require you know, at the end of it, there'd often be like the request, like, all I need is a hug, you know, but I saw that pattern. And uh, then as, you know, as we kind of progressed, it got, the the relationship, you know, transitioned in a different way. And I had to, uh, I, uh, she was a, uh, an employee and I let her go. And um, how the, the neediness, um, began to evolve was that there would be matters that she would bring up with the undertone of legal action so that I would have to connect with her again. And uh, <clears throat> and I was so resentful of this and I was so angry and I was scared, to be honest. I was a little scared that I'd have to, I'd be getting sued and it would all be because she was trying to punish me. And what I began to do when I, I would be, you know, I was obviously, this had was a big focus of my practice, and um, I just placed the relationship on the altar. I would hand it to the Holy Spirit. I would ask for clarity. What is the, what is unfolding here for me to learn? What is here to, for me to learn? And, and you know, I just was able to develop understanding and compassion, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I had to give in to her requests right? because um, because it didn't feel like they weren't loving requests. And even though she was trying right. to create the sort of appearance of victim, right. uh, I wasn't energizing that for her. Um, and uh, so I was able to get that. I was like, I was able to have understanding that she feels lonely and also she's really upset and she believes that I'm the reason she's upset. Right. And, uh, but I wasn't. 
she was upset. She she believed I was the reason she was upset. And so she had to direct that upset at me because it was what she she thought I was responsible for it. And um, so once I began to understand that, I could pray for her happiness and I could pray for her love. And, um, you know, it still is happening in a specific way, but I'm also seeing now how uh, with so many of my students, a huge pattern is this need to be recognized. Um, you know, I get yes. oftentimes people tell me, you're not acknowledging my gifts and talents. You're not utilizing me. You're not seeing me. You're mm-hmm. playing favorites. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm even doing this if you're not going to acknowledge what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then sometimes it will uh, come out in ways of I'll someone will tell me that someone acted really inappropriately at one of our events. And I was like, that's really odd. And uh, I have uh, specifically one experience right now where someone is sort of campaigning, and this is a board of directors member, is sort of campaigning against the practitioner program because she feels like I'm trying to indoctrinate people into A Course in Miracles, and um, which is interesting. And uh, I was really upset. I was really angry. I was really furious about hearing some of the things that was being said. And then I sat with it and I listened to it. And uh, one of her big concerns was that it's Jesus and she, that it's Jesus doing the talking and that she was, um, you know, it, and she would say, you know, as a Jewish person, she finds this very offensive and hurtful. And then I got a lot of insight with that. I was like, oh, okay. So one, she obviously hasn't read A Course in Miracles. She doesn't understand that it actually is sort of correcting a lot of the misinterpretation from biblical, you know, the the pain that was created from a lot of, you know, using Jesus as a weapon. And um, But I was able to see, again, the same with Kelly, that that comes from a space of feeling afraid or alone or um, scared. And so then I was, I'm able now, and I'm still working on it, it's very fresh, but I'm working on holding her gently and loving her and seeing that she's, uh, that is coming from a space of fear. And so being able to, and not necessarily having a, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be, you know, uh, action to take in regards of holding her accountable as a board member, you know, but um, understanding where it's coming from. And then also, and I'm still trying to, uh, well, not trying, I'm still really investigating, okay, what is all of this for right now? Because it feels like it's really coming in waves to support me, to be, to kind of talk back about what your initial, the initial conversation was. Because receiving um, the stuff, it's not a big, that, that's not my jam anymore. I'm really good at receiving. <laughs> I'm masterful at it. And I love it. Um, and, uh, um, but with that said, it's that, looking at, for me personally, like giving without the intention of getting back, what is my intention? Um, What is, you know, um, I saw this TED Talk, and I'll wrap up with this because I know you have things to say and share, but I saw this really wonderful TED Talk. It was actually with Monica Lewinsky, and she was talking about public shaming and what that, you know, how to heal that. Um, But she said something that was so, like, spot on and I see this and I shared it with a lot of my practitioners because 
she said, you know, before, and she was talking in regards of posting things on Facebook and stuff like that, and she said, are you um, sharing with intention or are you posting for attention? Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what a great distinction to talk about. And so I really was thought about my, my own, it made me look at my own motivation for doing what I do, like for the ministry and everything like that. Like, am I moving forward with the intention to support myself in waking up uh, to support my own enlightenment and to inspire others to do the same? Or am I looking for recognition of all the generous acts I do and all the good that I do? And how dare you, you know, uh, point out something that you feel is wrong. You know, like, I do so much for you. I've given so much for you. And I saw myself go on the defensive in that capacity. Um, and it just felt so tiring and so exhausting. And I was really, like, I, for the first time in a long time, I was ready to walk away from this project because I was like, this feels so, I just felt beat down. But what I realized was it wasn't them beating me down. It was my, it was my own, um, is how I was taking it. I was taking it personally. And I was and I was making them wrong. And I was spending so much time making them wrong that there was no room for joy. So I really had that uh, moment of, well, that's not any good. So mm-hmm. I'm turning that around right now. Well, this is certainly, these things that you're talking about are the, Things that everyone must go through that I certainly has been my experience as a counselor, as anyone who says, I'm going to now share in the form of a teacher, counselor, minister, that these are part of the initiations for clearing out the false beliefs, patterns, and perceptions. And so when there's a sense of taking things personally. Is it, Taking things personally, is that taking offense? And other people can jump in on this too. Taking things personally, is that taking offense? Yeah, I would definitely say so because it feels like they're questioning my motivation, which I feel like I've done so much work on purifying my motivation, but I guess what I what's coming up for me is like, oh, there's still work to be done. Right. There's still work to be done. Yeah, and when the motivation is pure, truly pure, there's no upset that we feel if people accuse us of impure motivation, because there's no there's no possibility of impure motivation. We've eliminated that, so. What people people are saying, it's like, that's eh, just what they're saying. And then it's a te- teaching opportunity for us. But when we have any thought that our motivation is not pure, whether it's true or false, uh, then we'll be hurt and offended and bothered. So I, I, I went through the same thing. It still happens to me. And I... When it happens, I, I get to notice, is there anything that where it sticks on me? And if there is, then it's something I can purify and clean. And as you've all heard me say a thousand times, to move into gratitude, to make an offering of it. And I'm, I know that's what you're doing. But to recognize it literally as the gift. 
it's the perfectly designed gift to help us see, ah, there's that pattern. I can fully release it now in this moment. And you know, then, then we're being of true service. Go ahead, Jess. Well, what I just noticed in you saying that is, oh, I guess I do have problems receive a challenge receiving. Uh, because it's just I, I what I what I was saying is I don't have a problem receiving compliments, but if the true gift is these challenges, then I do have to. There is work to be done on me being on my receptivity because if I'm if if I feel like I if I'm attached to how I think these gifts should appear, then I'm not opening myself up to the true gifts that are available in those more challenging situations. Well, yes, and. Just to really be clear, I'm not interested in being receptive to anybody's attack. I am not receptive to anyone's attack. However, I am, I am cultivating my awareness of anything someone's attack might stir in me. So it's it's the old thing of if someone says you're an idiot and you don't have any resonance with that, it just doesn't bother you. You just think, well, that's not true. So something's happening with that person. I can be of service to that person or not. I tune in. Is there something for me to say or do here? No, I think I can just bless them and go on my way. You know, like that happens in traffic. Somebody lays on their horn and says, you idiot. And I think, well, am I an idiot? I don't know. But I certainly didn't intend to obstruct them or hurt them or piss them off in any way. So I can just like be loving and let it go and say a prayer for them that the rest of their day is more easy and more graceful, more beautiful. Whatever is bothering them is resolved and dissolved permanently back to the root cause. But if it resonates with me and I feel struck or hurt or bothered by it, then there's more clarity for me to have. And it's always to be able to um, experience it as a healing and a gift. But uh, it's just a, it's, it's a slight clarification there about receiving the gift, not the attack. I think that's what you meant. Oh yeah, like receiving the um receiving the insight that's at hand. Yes. Which is which is that which is I don't know how to say it. My job, my sort of like my my work in the my, in the purification zone. So, yes. 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 Thank you. Anybody else like to share anything on any of this? Jennifer, it's Claire again. Mm. I just wanted to say that this has been a great conversation. It's really been helpful to me. I've realized that when I'm in the act of service, that's when it's most joyful for me. Mm. Yes. And I will look at my motivations of why I'm doing it, but um, it did occur to me that... Um, being present is where the joy is. Mm-hmm. 
and judging myself for why I'm doing it, I'll have to give that some thought. But but it's been very helpful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I could really feel that, and I really appreciate what you brought up, Claire, so thank you. Powerful. And and everyone who shared, beautiful, powerful. And um, uh, Anne-Marie, I, I had muted you out, so star seven if you did want to share anything. Uh, now, Here's something for you to look at until our next class. And I have posted on <clears throat> the announcements page on um, your class page what the classes are that are coming up. And uh, I'm going to send you an email with the schedule as I perceive it to be at this moment for the rest of the year so you can make your plans with that. Uh, though it may be subject to change with some of my um, classes. And, uh, I mean, travel and things like that, sometimes that just happens. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to uh, talk about service in the world. So, obviously, we've had a lot of talk about service in the world with our every breath, with every moment. And so I'm inviting you to share with us in the Facebook group how you see yourself being of service where there's no attachment, there's no return. So how are you being of service where, in a sense, you could say you're volunteering? And uh, I definitely would like to acknowledge that there are many people in this class who are being of extraordinary service to their family, their loved ones. And that that is service aplenty. And having um, done a lot of service with my family, I, I know how all-encompassing and intense that is. And um, But to look at uh, where are you being of service outside your family. And, and for, uh, like, Anna Marie, that, that might not be something that would even be desirable at this point in your life. And um, same with you, Claire perhaps with you, uh, Kazi, because of the care that you're giving to your loved ones. But one of the things that I think is extremely valuable for us to look at is really where are we being of service to get something? And are we being of service anywhere in our life where it really is completely unconditional? We're just being of service. And we're in that place of givingness and sharing and from the heart. And when I was uh, involved in the agape community, one of the things I consistently saw was people 
over giving, over serving. And I realized that people who were doing that, they were giving to get validation, that they didn't feel good about themselves, so they were being of service to get that validation from themselves, not just from others. Because no, but no external validation is ever going to actually validate us. So they're trying to convince themselves that they're a good person, that their life is worth living. And then I also saw people who needed desperately other people's recognition, like Jesse was talking about, that there's just there wasn't enough external recognition in the world to fill the person up because there never could be or would be. And then... Um, and I saw people who only wanted to serve if other people were watching. They had no interest in doing things uh, unless there was going to be some kind of recognition. And uh, so noticing that in ourselves, where is that going on? And and there may be, you may notice in your life that, oh, you're you're not of service, really. You're not in a place of really being of service and that you could be. And to tune into how could you best be of service or and just opening your mind to it, seeing what comes and seeing, do you reject it? Is that the answered prayer that you're rejecting? Does it not feel comfortable to you? So in my own experience, I have been a volunteer and been of service in myriad of different ways. And many of them were opportunities for me to increase my humility and relinquish the ego-driven hubris, which was so <laughs> driving me for so long. So I'm inviting people to really take stock of how they're of service in the world and is that service without any attachment whatsoever and if it's not can you relinquish the attachment by examining it what is the attachment what is the nature of it what is the service supposed to be giving you and how can you receive that from God how can you relinquish the sense of lack that the service is trying to fill. And um, and if you are not being of service, really being of service authentically, lovingly, joyfully from the heart, how could you begin and add even a small amount of that in your life? And what shoulds come up? So this is really, really deep conversation. And I'm inviting you to look at it deeply with your prayer partners and to share about it in the Facebook group because the path of awakening is a path of service, that our whole life becomes an act of service. And there's no such thing really in a sense when you move into it with your whole heart of selfless service because everything is just in service to the one. And I am one with the one. So everything serves me. I can feel it. 
I can see it, I know it, and I celebrate it. It's a very different experience of service. Any questions about that? All right. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude, and then I'm going to pray and say, uh, play a song. So we are grateful and we are thankful to join together in this moment in recognition of the truth that is our very nature and being. So grateful and so thankful for the love of God that is revealing itself in our heart and in our mind. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to experience the fullness of our healing. We are in this divine partnership with each other, with all life, with the living, loving presence of God. And we're walking the talk. We're demonstrating the perfection with every breath, with every activity in our life, purifying our intention living from aspiration, so grateful and thankful to truly be on a path of awakening, ascending awareness. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I also would like to say uh, that uh, I, I feel it's really important to review the prayer power classes that are on now. So those are in the year one podcast. And uh, now I'm going to play that song. And uh, the song I'm going to play today is a favorite chant of mine from the um, Agape Choir. And I actually was one of the choir members singing in this uh, um, CD. And the song by Ricky Byers Beckwith is, How Can I Serve? How Can I Serve? I love you. God bless you. 